today's Leading Women episode 638 with the wonderful Judy Miller-Burke. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Podcast your passion. Yes, did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing, talking to wonderful women every day here at Today's Leading Women. Want to learn how I did? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Dr. Jude Miller-Burke. Jude Miller-Burke is a national speaker and author of The Millionaire Mystique, How Working Women Become Wealthy and You Can Too. Jude has been helping high-earning women and men in the business world since she began her own career in corporate America, joining Honeywell as an employee assistant psychologist in 1982. Their career trajectories and her own made her intensely curious about which factors separate women who reach the top of the career ladder from those who do not. In 2010, she conceived of the Millionaire Mystique Study, on which this book is based, to explore what made both male and female millionaires successful, how they overcame obstacles, and their most effective leadership styles. A variety of successful people responded to the survey, 60% of whom were millionaires or multi-millionaires, forming a fascinating group of study. Most of the seven-figure income men and women were self-made individuals who began life faced with obstacles that they later overcame. Jude, before becoming a national speaker and author, worked for 20 years in Fortune 100 companies, Honeywell and United Health Group. To learn more, visit www.themillionairemystique.com. Women of the world, Dr. Jude Miller-Burke. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Marie. I appreciate you having me on your show, and I'm excited to talk with everyone about entrepreneurship. I am delighted to have you on the show. I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Jude, I really love what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the sweat equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment at a time about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind that niche? Yes, one of the things that I've come to a great understanding of is that as you move through your career, there are many twists and turns, and many of the people that um, I interviewed and surveyed had detours, and many, many of them had failures, but one thing they knew how to do was how to um, say, this is it, I'm not following my business plan, things aren't working out, and to move on to the next thing. So similar to the people that I researched, 
I too saw failure and detours as part of the path to success. And so early on when I started out and my parents were 18 years old when I got married and a Polish Catholic family and had children right away and did not have the opportunity to go to college, when I said that I was going to pursue, pursue a college degree in psychology, everyone said, you will not make any money doing that. How are you ever going to support yourself doing that? And, but it was something that I loved, and one of my professors said that I would be very good at it. And so I started volunteering, and every internship or volunteer experience I had led to a job. To the point where um, one of my first jobs out of college was directing, being a program director of a crisis center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then I went on and got a master's degree and became licensed as a psychologist and interviewed for a postgraduate internship at Honeywell. And I had never worked in a for-profit setting before. I had spent the last nine years in the nonprofit world and on the West Bank of the University of Minnesota campus. And I secured that job. I was hired. And uh, I remember it was so funny because at the time I was probably making $9 an hour. But to me, it was a lot of money after having paid my own way through college. And they offered me 10 times what I was making per hour. And I remember laughing and saying, you know, yes, I'll take that job. And the clinical experience was unbelievable. And so I stretched myself and was providing assessments, psychological assessments and counseling. We had a brief therapy model at Honeywell, an employee assistance program. From there, I went on to be a domestic violence therapist part-time, but I always stayed within the field of psychology. And so I think in terms of finding your niche, each one of us knows what we love and what we're well-suited to. And for me, I've been passionate about the field of psychology, most recently doing executive coaching and um, then doing this research on factors that lead to success and uh, being an author and a national speaker. Mm, I mm. love what I'm hearing about your story and what an inspiring story you have shared that one with us. That is that, and that has been a theme here at Today's Union Women because passion really is what uh, draw you know what you know, what differentiate you from other people there who starts businesses that's going to stay or not i mean i know that has been a theme here at today's Women. you really have to find and do what is that you're passionate about like for example with, with jude she's passionate about psychology and being a therapist and now he's just doing executive coaching and yeah you know, and doing this research on uh, and helping other people as well through the process so for our listeners out there let's be inspired by the story that Judy shared with us and especially for those who are just starting out maybe you don't have that idea yet maybe you just have or multiple ideas out there but find the one that you really are passionate about and then go from there what a great inspiration you have there all right let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this idea or that turned this inspiration into a reality can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? Yes, and first I want to say that 75% of the people that I interviewed were from lower income to middle class families. So 
almost everyone I studied, including myself, did not come from Silver Spoon families. And that may be one of the characteristics that can really help you become successful. So when you don't have anyone to fall back on, you don't have any family money or uh, family professional relationships to fall back on, you know it's on yourself. So I think the personal traits that helped me and also helped many of the people that I studied and interviewed, uh, one of the things was persistence. So there was really... um, uh, a will to overcome family backgrounds and to excel. Um, so one of the highest characteristics that was most important in our research was conscientiousness. So even though, for instance, my parents didn't have the opportunity to go to college, they built over time a very successful business through persistence and a belief in what they were doing. And they eventually, 20-some years later, built it into a very successful business Conscientiousness is also something I learned from my family, um, how to work hard and um, to not let the naysayers get in the way. I mentioned when I was getting my first psychology degree, you know, there were a lot of naysayers. And then uh, when I wanted to do research and publish a book, there were many naysayers, people saying you won't find a publisher. There are so many people that want to write a book. Um, You won't be able to sell your book. And I thought to myself, you know, I know I can do it. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but I did not let the naysayers get in the way. So uh, personal traits that are important to become a successful entrepreneur, conscientiousness, persistence, and then also developing authentic relationships with people, whether that's people that you're networking with. Networking has a new meaning today than it did 20 years ago. It's not making relationships with people because they can help you. It's making relationships with people where you feel an authentic connection and there's a nice give and take about how you help them and how they can help you. So mentoring and networking, persistence, conscientiousness, And developing your communication skills is critical. And so often today, I think with all of our technology, it's easy to not focus in on verbal communication skills or written communication skills, but they both are very critical to developing a good organization. Mm, So that's persistence, conscientiousness, authentic relationship, and communication skills great personal qualities or traits here that uh, you just shared with us. And the good news is that we can all cultivate and adapt them into our lives. All right, let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get to those challenges, makes you a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges building your business? And how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? I think one of the biggest challenges I had is that, similar to many people, I believe success only came in the form of a full-time job. And I became very identified with, for instance, working at the crisis center and my title. And then I became very attached to my title at Honeywell and the organization I was working for. And then I was VP of operations and we built a subsidiary at United Health Group. But what was an obstacle to me is at the time when I decided that I wanted to have a family, um, 
trying to balance the two. And for many, many of the women I interviewed and researched, and the men also said the same thing for the women, that childbearing and child rearing and taking care of other sick family members was really a challenge in terms of moving forward in their career. One of the most important decisions you can make, whether you're a man or a woman, is who you choose to marry, who you choose to partner with. Because uh, it's so important that if you have children, to be able to discuss up front who's going to get up in the middle of the night, who's going to help with those nighttime feedings. If a child is ill the next day, who is going to be the one to take the child to the doctor? And so being a mom, which I think is the most important job in the world, it's just incredibly rewarding and I grew so much. I just recently... uh, took uh, my twins to college, and so now I'm a new empty nester. But the challenge is balancing everything and having enough time and dealing with the fatigue and the stress and wanting to be as good a mom as possible and also to be as good in your career as possible. So the challenge for me was to develop a new template. And I found this with many of the women that I interviewed, that What suits your needs when you're a single individual or you don't have children, when you're doing the big corporate jobs is one thing. But once you have a family, you may need to be more flexible. And this was a big characteristic of the people that I surveyed. They were flexible and they were very creative. And so they created new jobs for themselves. They created part-time jobs. They created part-time businesses. And that was one of my challenges is I needed to let go after 20-some years working in corporate America. I needed to let go and I learned some new skills to do leadership assessments and to become an executive coach. Um, And then I went on to doing research and writing the book and now I do the speaking engagements. So a challenge is to be creative and flexible. Mm, Yeah, I love those two uh, concepts that you just shared with us, being creative and being flexible. And wow, these challenges that you just shared with us, I'm sure a lot of us can resonate with that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of learning to to be learned, um, building a business. But the thing is, that's the good thing nowadays because we have that resources that we can tap into both online and offline. I love what you said about the challenges to being creative and being flexible because that's really true for for us entrepreneurs especially especially for our, our listeners out there who are who are juggling many roles because we wear many hats especially we are, if we are a solopreneur we have to do a lot of things uh, as a solopreneur you know but we have to learn a lot of things too to be able to delegate or ask help and uh, be flexible when it's needed so lots of challenges but the thing is when we are uh, faced with challenges it's how we look at this challenge that matters and it's how we perceive them and it's how we deal with them so for our listeners out there know that there are going to be challenges along the way the most important thing is that we learn from them and that we don't let those challenges hinder us from moving forward all right let's switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance you know being a business owner myself maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life now the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create that work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? 
one of the things that many of the women do that um, I studied is that, believe it or not, in spite of having two, three, four children, they put their self-care on the calendar first. So whatever it is that works for them, whether it's that yoga class or you know, trashing the treadmill early in the morning or going to that dance class, that it, they know that if they don't take care of themselves with good nutrition and exercise and sleep, they really won't, won't be as helpful at work and with the kids. They also really try to be 100% wherever they are. And so if they're at work, they try to be 100% at work instead of always on the phone with the kids, but to set some good limits. And when they're at home, they set limits with work. And maybe say that from 5 p.m. until 8 p.m. is family time and nothing's going to interfere with that. And then once the children get their time with you and the children are sleeping, they might do a little bit more work at night at home. Um, delegation is also really important. To step back and have discussions with your partner or your spouse about what is it we need to make sure this family operates in the best way. You know, and to make a schedule, a really good schedule about down to the detail about on Wednesday evenings who's going to take Joey to the soccer game and who's going to pick him up from the soccer game and who's going to be attending that game um, or to music lessons whatever it might be so to have a schedule to implement really strong self-care and I also did um, a number of radio shows last year around the holidays about how do millionaire women entrepreneurs handle the holidays? And many of them delegate. They have a very strong plan of action. They maybe hire a high school kid to help them, to run some errands, to do some wrapping. But they have their whole team in place. Um, not only a team to help them accomplish all the things that are needed for the holidays, but also a support team, like some confidence that they can really get support from and that nurture them. Mm, I love those tips that you shared with us. Those are really helpful. I hope you are, our listeners were listening really well and taking notes because those tips that Juja shared with us based also from her research from a lot of women that she interviewed um, are great tips that we can incorporate, we can integrate in order to have this work-life balance. So the first one is to implement really great self-care and the, the basic foundation, eating healthy, sleeping well, working out. These are very foundational things. And I know it's one of the last things that we put time on, time for. But it's really important to do the other way around because it's so counterintuitive. Put that self-care time first because that lays the foundation of your day. And I know this from experience because if I don't do my morning routines for myself, my day is going to be so chaotic and I will be feel guilty. And I and everything things gonna get way away, um, you know. By doing so, if you if you have that routine for yourself, doing self care first thing in the morning that would really help. And uh, yeah, I love what you said about being hundred percent when where you are, be fully present. Whether that be your work, whether that be your talking with your family, really important to be to practice being present. And I know I'm I'm guilty of this myself too, but I, I try to really 
focus when I am doing a thing or when I'm with my family and I know I have gazillions of ideas running at the same time but it's really important to be conscious and be mindful of it learning to delegate and scheduling things huge 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 so for our listeners out there I know this is one area that a lot of us are challenged with let's incorporate let's integrate this tips that Julia shared with us not only her but a lot of women that she has uh, studied and interviewed are doing as well in order to achieve this work-life balance all right let's talk about success and what success means to you your business appears to be financially doing quite well and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life now we'd like to also say that success is a mindset i can have ten dollars in my pocket but my mind feels like a millionaire i feel great about myself and i'm moving forward the opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable so am i successful financially yes individually probably not so in your journey as an entrepreneur what does success mean to you and what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success the primary benchmark for me um, has been number of people that i can help i went from seeing people one-on-one as a therapist and as an employee assistant psychologist at Honeywell to leading groups, teaching classes. And I recently was in San Diego and had over 100 people in my audience. And uh, my research and what's noted in the book is that many of these people experience child abuse, alcoholic parents, and so they had a lot of childhood adversity and they didn't become successful in spite of it but also because of it. It made them different people. It made them more sensitive to others, more caring towards others, uh, learned better communication skills so they didn't repeat the cycle at home and at work. And so for me, my measure of success is how many people can I impact and make their work and personal lives easier before I leave this earth? And I found that through my book, there's just, it's chock full of advice and tips on how to become more resilient, how to leave the worst from your family behind, what kind of work style do you need to become successful, what kind of leadership style is most effective with employees, how to manage your finances, how to give back to the community. It's very much a how-to book. So for me, my benchmark is how many people's lives can I touch and how many people can I ease their burden a bit as I move through my own life. Mm, great perspective on success. I know at the end of the day, I truly believe also that what truly fulfills us and what truly makes us happy is knowing that we are making a difference. We are making an impact in other people's lives because of what we do. I know those intangible benefits of being in business are the ones that truly makes us happy. So for our listeners out there, I challenge you to ask yourself what success means to you and really listen to, uh, to your heart. What is it saying? Because more often, it's those intangible benefits of being in the business that make us truly happy and fulfilled and share with us and our community by going to todaysleadingwomen.com and sharing your definition of success all right i know you've given us a lot of tips already jude but i'd love for us to talk about one of the highlights of our show and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be especially to those who want to follow your footsteps you obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience so take it back to the past 
Say you're gonna start all over again as an entrepreneur and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions and advice and lessons that you learn would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? First, I would recommend you know yourself well enough to know what your skill set is. Um, know what your strengths are because if you start building on those strengths when you're faced with competition, so to speak, or naysayers, you will have a belief in yourself. Um, you may not have good self-esteem because, as I mentioned, a lot of people that you know I studied and read about and interviewed um, came from a lot of adversity. So they had challenges with self-esteem, but they knew on some level what their strengths were and then they knew that if they persevered, they had a commitment to overcome, they would be successful. So that perseverance and conscientiousness along with a belief in self and accepting that detours and failures are a part of success. I remember the first time I didn't get a job that I really thought I was qualified for. I was devastated. I'm sure that I was very upset for days. But in retrospect, those what we call facilitated failures, when you don't get a job or you're laid off or your business closes, another door will open and be ready to jump on that opportunity and take it because these people also were willing to take risks. Um, they were open and creative and they took risks that then turned into something that helped them become very successful. Mm, I love those tips that you shared with us. I was like really hooked into listening to every word that you said because I was reflecting on it. That's really true. So great tips here that you just shared with us. Let me just summarize them again for our listeners. The first one is to know what your strengths are. Really important to capitalize on that one so that uh, especially when you're building a business, you know, when, when you know that, that you are building or leveraging the strength that you have, it will make it a whole lot easier to build the business. Persistence. I know this is one characteristic trait that uh, an entrepreneur have, every entrepreneur have, but I have to cultivate it as well because there are going to be challenges along the way, but you have to be persistent. We've heard it from Jude uh, and also from her experience and with with her interviews with other uh, people who are are successful. Persistence is the key to success. So cultivate a trait in you so that will help you move uh, forward with with whatever you have want to achieve in your business accepting detours along the way wow this is huge i was that, that's the one that kept me thinking about it wow that's really true i mean sometimes we have to look back uh, we have to pause and look back and okay appreciate that okay well, there's when something happens that was not um, uh, was not uh, was that like a failure or mistakes that we did? Think about it. Look at it in different perspective. Look at it as a way, uh, as an opportunity. Because like what you just shared with us, that opens another door of possibility of opportunities. And look at it in that lens. That whatever happens, whatever. Uh, challenges that you have there is a reason for it and learn from it and then know that that something's something's gonna open up for you if you look at it in that context so great tips here that you just shared with us let's take action on them today and i'll make sure to have them on our show notes Last but not the least, uh, June, share with our listeners that one woman out there that you admire the most and why 
two sisters, Pat Pesnick and Bev Stewart, and they came from a rural uh, Arizona ranch. And due to what they saw with their grandma and how hard she worked and the adversity their mother experienced, they were definitely from the school of hard knocks. Uh, Fast forward 40 years later, and uh, they have helped build and and founded the uh, Fresh Start Women's Resource Center. And so all the profits, uh, the author's profits from my book go to the Fresh Start Women's Center. They've built a center, and we see we have over 24,000 visits per year for women for self-esteem classes, entrepreneurial classes, um, career enhancements of all sorts. And so I really admire Pat Pesnick and Bev Stewart. They've given so much back to the community. All right, so that's Pat and uh, Bob. Bev, sister. Pat and Bev. Yes. Wow, so to Pat and uh, Bev for being such an inspiration, not only to Jude, but to all of us here at Today's Sitting Women, we salute them. Last but not the least, uh, Jude, share our listeners what's one big benefit uh, they can get with your product or your service, where they can get it, and what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you, and then we'll end from there. My book is on sale at Amazon.com, The Millionaire Mystique, and what you get from the book is it's based on research, but it's also very solid advice from my own career experience and other women who are entrepreneurs Uh, who have made it and how they balance work and family, what's the best work style, how to overcome obstacles, how to deal with sexism and prejudice, um, how to develop the the most important personality characteristics for becoming successful, which we didn't really touch on today. So it's all laid out. It's a template on success. All right. So that you can find at uh, on Amazon for all these international audiences, Amazon.com. Pick up her book, The Millionaire Mystique. You can also go to TheMillionaireMystique.com, get some information there. And I know this is a great compliment to the Today to the Women show we're in. This, uh, I know we get, we, we, like Jude, share a lot of her story and her journey of becoming an entrepreneur. But this book uh, that she wrote, The Millionaire Mystic, will really give you, um, you know, a glimpse of how work, how you know, women become became successful. And I'm sure we can all learn from what uh, Jude has in that book. So I highly encourage you to go there now at Amazon.com and pick up that book, The Millionaire Mystic, or go to her site, TheMillionaireMystic.com. So for our listeners out there who are wondering, okay, so what would I get from this millionaire mystique? What would be the greatest benefit that he can have by uh, picking up that book besides uh, learning from all of these women that you just shared, you've just interviewed? It's a how-to book. It has self-assessment so you can look at yourself and get added uh, insights into uh, what personality characteristics you may, may need to like diminish a little bit and which ones you want to really enhance. Um, what is your work style? How do you relate to other people? Social influence also is something that's so important in becoming successful. 
And so the book would really help you assess your social influence skills. All right. So it's not just an inspirational book, but it's a how-to book. Uh, it's kind of a, a workbook uh, with assessment tools that you can uh, help as well. And then you can use it as well. So for listeners out there, I highly encourage you to go there now, www.themillionairemystique.com. Or for our international audiences, pick up that book from Amazon.com. Jude, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time, your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you, Marie. I appreciate what you're doing, too, and I love your name. It was my grandma's name, so you have a great name. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Jed. Thinking of starting a podcast? Seriously consider starting a podcast of your own, remembering that it will allow you to grow in ways you never imagined. It will grow your email list, your audience, your influence, and your bank account. Go to podcastprofitsystem.com to get started. That's www.podcastprofitsystem.com. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.